1: No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.
0: And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards.
2: Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, Miss E, at the kitchen table. Sorry we took a week off, but uh, life got in the way. Hope everything is going well in your world. It is a post-election world. This is a, a little bit happier of a podcast, I think, than it would have been had Hillary Clinton won.
3: For us, anyway. We would have, we would have a lot
2: more prepper t- tips this week. <laughs> yeah. Had Hillary Clinton won.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Although, I, every... I don't think she would have been able to do what she wanted to do. I mean, it's not like the president can run in and do whatever they want to do. It has to go through a lot of people first. So
2: Yeah, okay, but for so, for instance, there was a piece today I saw, uh, I think it was at guns.com. There was a, a gun store owner who had written about why he voted for Hillary Clinton. And basically he said he thought she'd be better for business. People would buy more firearms if uh, they thought that she was trying to— Past gun control but he didn't think that she'd really be able to do anything mm. I, I disagree I think that guy got it wrong now I, I look I, I, I'm sure people would be buying more firearms if they you know felt like uh, gun control laws were coming. Uh, And it wasn't really Congress that you had to worry about, although if Hillary Clinton became president, there would have been a pretty good chance that the Senate would have flipped to the uh, Democrats. Uh, The House still would have been a bulwark. But Hillary Clinton had said going in that she would go beyond what Barack Obama did in terms of executive orders. Uh, Hillary Clinton would also, and this guy never even mentioned the Supreme Court. And that was the real damage that Hillary Clinton would have done. She would have put anti-gun justices on the Supreme Court, and they would have been issuing decisions long after she was out of office, yeah, uh, and they would have been hostile to the Second Amendment. So I, 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 the guy wrote under a pseudonym, uh, I would love to invite him on the show to uh, to talk about Uh, His vote and his reasoning behind it, because uh, I got to say, I that was not my vote uh, on election day Uh, and that was not my reasoning on election day. I kind of just laid out my reasoning. Uh, The Supreme Court was a a huge issue, the most important issue uh, for me. But honestly, I also felt like um, if Hillary Clinton got elected, there was she was she was untouchable. Right, Democrats uh, would not have done anything had uh, no matter the amount of wrongdoing uh, that might have been uncovered. No,
3: she would have been pardoned on her way in by the guy on the, on his way out.
2: And the press would have behaved towards Hillary Clinton exactly like they behaved towards Barack Obama because we've seen that's how the press behaved towards Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Uh, on the campaign trail, so uh, I felt like you know there's there, there's actually more of a much more of a chance for. Uh, the system of checks and balances to actually be restored. The press is look they're they're going overboard and they're going to go overboard trying to destroy Donald Trump. Uh, but apparently that's the option that we have right now. We can get a, a press corps that is obsequious and sucks up to the president in charge, or we can get one uh, that uh, you know investigates the president and uh, you know tries to find scandal everywhere. And I. I I'm not sure that uh, the American people are well-served by either, but I guess I'll go with door number two if I have to pick the two options.
3: Yeah, I think I'd rather have them reporting on what was actually going on than hiding everything. Right. Or, you know, only reporting what they're told to report, so... Yes, I can say that the streets of Farmville have been quiet uh, and peaceful,
2: even though Prince Edward County, Virginia, did in fact go for Donald Trump. I think the college vote... I uh, had a lot to do with it. Yeah,
3: but I don't think they can vote where they live. They have to vote. They there have are to professors. in from where they are.
2: There, oh, well, okay. there are professors. And, and this is, you know, look, it's Longwood University. So it's not that you don't have out-of-state students, but it's a smaller state school. Uh, and you do have a lot of in-state students. So they're they're eligible to vote in Virginia anyway, you know um so i think that uh, i think that that had a lot to do with it but some of the other counties surrounding prince edward county went for donald trump uh even though some of these were counties that had gone for barack obama in 2008 2012 they were some of the counties that we've seen around the country where you saw that flip uh and and yet the uh, post election meme of course is that america is a much more uh, racist place It's just It's always been racist And xenophobic It's always been horrible It's just now It's been exposed
3: Except for He apparently did Better Amongst Some Other color Than white population Voter yeah. Mitt Than Mitt Romney Mint Mitt Romney Did the last time around Yes As a Republican Yeah
2: I'll be honest with you And nor- look Normally we don't talk Politics here And we're not no, Going to talk don't. politics All show long But <coughs> Um I'm, I'm really still bothered by the fact, and I, I'm not surprised, but I'm still bothered by the fact that the media and the left, more generally, uh, are, are learning all of the wrong lessons. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not actually taking anything constructive away from uh, the results on Tuesday. You're starting to see some in the media who are saying, OK, you know what, maybe we don't know the, the audience uh, who actually watches us, uh, right. But I've yet to see somebody say that the answer is to have more ideological diversity in the newsroom. I've yet to see anybody say, you know what, we are cloistered and we're in a bubble and the only people that we talk to are people who agree with us and our newsroom needs to be a little bit more diverse. We need to have people that we don't agree with who are, who are working beside us so that we can get a different opinion.
3: But wait, wouldn't that be actual reporting on the news? It would lead to more of that. Yes. I would think. Um, so, anyway,
2: I just had to uh, vent just a little bit. <laughs> there you go.
3: <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm going to vent. That, yes. That
2: bleeping puppy that we got for you. Yes, the noisy hear in the background, and I was the bleeping puppy chewing on chewing a bone. Chewing on a
3: bone. Booker, the almost seven-month-old eating machine, not only has he eaten through, like, four shoes. that I, one of my shirts. Ate a shirt. Uh, he ate that baby sweater. He ate one of the chemo caps I had knitted from like a yarn club that I belonged to, the Mean Girls Yarn Club. Uh, shout out to um, Laura, but uh, but it was like this like hand dyed, small batch, really good looking yarn, and it matched my hair color that I used to have before I had all mm-hmm. cut it all off. It was like black and red. Right. It was so, and he ate my hat.
2: Well, maybe we can write the Mean Girls yarn club and see if they have any extra well, skeins. Well,
3: I posted a picture of the color, and she actually commented that looks like something. That looks like something familiar, and I said, "Yeah, it's from Mean Girl." Mean Girl. I told her what the, the was, but I can't remember the name. But I told her the colorway, so hopefully, I'm gonna hear back from her so that I can get another skein. But that bleeping dog. But but I did replace the sweater that he ate And I made a little hat And gave it uh, to the recipient And oh my goodness he showed me her picture She's four months old And she's so cute She looks like my oldest Only like with a tan But like that same big chubby cheeked mm-hmm. Four month old And that big brown curly hair And those dark brown chocolate eyes She is the cutest little baby I've seen in a long time So yeah I was like happy to uh, give them the hat and the sweater I hope, and next I hope time we Mom see them we get it. pictures yeah yeah right? oh yeah hopefully so. he always, he's always trying to show me pictures so you you sound like you're feeling pretty good I feel really good I look like shit with my hair falling out <laughs> you don't no I do it's all you patchy don't. and crazy and, you, you have I, a prettier head than you thought well you except have. for well, I'm so tall though no one's gonna see this weird flat spot on the one top part <laughs> but, so only tall people look down and go look she's a flat spot but no I'm at I'm at at five I'm holding steady at five ten. Um I, I I don't have yeah, it's weird, but it's okay. But I have like totally like white and dark hair on a crazy map system that has patches coming out and it's just been bizarre. But I feel fine. I'm dreading next week. Next week is three days of chemo, and I remember how now how I felt for ten days after, and I'm right. like, uh, and ten days after is going to include Thanksgiving, and it's my favorite food holiday. I know, and I'm not going to be able to taste. Will the anything. ten? Okay, but
2: but will the ten days include the leftover period?
3: Well, hopefully not. Hopefully, I'll I'll be able to put some stuff up and enjoy it later because. Yeah, I'm actually have to have the whole family help me taste things,
2: right? Because some stuff you can, it actually tastes. I don't want to say it tastes better, but it's it's still really really good. Like the stuffing.
3: Oh, stuffing's great. A couple of days later, the turkey potato good, casserole right. with that um, pecan streusel topping. When it's cold. That's really good. Cold yeah. served with whipped cream. Uh, I can eat that for days on end. Um, I, the smoked turkey's awesome when it's cold. Mm-hmm. So, got to make more of that smoke. I think I'm like more. Brian more breasts this year To smoke those And then uh, roast the whole turkeys For the stuffing they- No turducken uh, You know, I didn't really like it I didn't like I, I. I don't think I I'm not too sure I did it right I probably should have Maybe skinned them all I didn't like the the layers of skin on the inside because it didn't cook well through. Uh-huh. I probably should have deboned and de-skinned everything or at least maybe crisped the skin before I stuffed everything. I don't know. But no, it's a lot of work and we're not going to have a lot of we meat don't eaters of people, right. at, at Christmas. That, But but what we are going to have... Um, at Thanksgiving. Or Thanksgiving. Uh, what we are going to have is the normal uh, stuffing... Stuffed turkey mm-hmm. and all the side dishes, and is we have pumpkin in the freezer for pumpkin pie and stuff. So hopefully, I can get some things done before I feel like. Bleh. <laughs> well,
2: I will be your, uh, I'll be your sous chef. Thank uh, you.
3: And then the kid, the youngest kid in the family, always makes the cranberry sauce, and that can be done several days in advance. Right. So. Um, oh. Oh. Yes. Well, just another final thought was since my mom's coming for Thanksgiving, I'm totally going to have to make like little mincemeat pies or something because she and I both like mincemeat pie. I think we're the only people who like mincemeat. I like mincemeat pies. Okay. So we'll make little pocket mincemeat pies. I I like
2: pretty much any dessert that you make that does not have coconut in it.
3: (laughs) And yet you do like one dessert I make that has coconut in it and you will eat it. I will tolerate the fact that there is coconut in
2: your seven layer bars because the other six layers... Are amazing. So but there you if go. If it was a six-layer
3: bar, but i would made I'd it. like that better. But I've made it without the coconut. And you said no. I
2: I don't think I no. I don't think I would have said that because I like it better without the coconut.
3: Okay. Okay. I've actually made a few without the coconut. You I, said I've, it, I've
2: eaten it. I've eaten them. All right. I've, I've eaten them. I don't need to eat them, <laughs> so it's okay. That's good. It's kind of like the cam. Stay away because you're fat. <laughs> dessert. No, no, has.
3: calories don't count around. I was uh, gone the for three
2: days. I come in tonight, and there's a the, uh, just a cake dish with brownies. Oh, and the best brownies in the
1: world.
3: Oh yeah. Uh, uh kid number three came home from school yesterday and asked if I would bake brownies and I was like, Yeah, sure, I got all the things. So we bake brownies. And, or I bake brownies. And now they're all gone. They are all gone, and I will have to bake more brownies <clears throat> tomorrow. So I right, well we
2: are not all gone, but we do need to step away for just a minute or two. When we come back, love is in the air on the forty acres here. We'll talk about that and more.
0: We'll be right back right after this. Okay. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com
0: customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com
1: No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.
0: 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Plays Radio Network. I
2: thought that was a pretty good segue going into the commercial because love is in the air. You looked at me like you didn't know what the hell I was talking well, about. Well, I was like,
3: what, what, what are you going to reveal, Mr. Don't Do That? But now I get it, yeah. Yes, so we have... We, 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 arranged, we arranged a couple of
2: dates for our livestock. Yes. Uh, and so we have a couple of pigs, a couple of extra bacon seeds uh, hanging around now, one boy and one girl.
3: Yeah, they came because they're hang- they're used to hanging out together and they're about the same size. They're Which almost- is good
2: because our Hogs have not quite accepted them yet.
3: Actually, are they getting better? Well, today. One of, the, one of our girls was lying under the tree with the two small ones because the small ones are like seven and a half months is the boy and six months is the girl. Okay. And so there may be like 50 pounds So our girls 180-ish. Mm-hmm. So it's a big significant difference. Even though that boy got busy the first day he was here <laughs> with our big girls we're so we're expecting babies on this end. So this is the whole we're having the whole baby making uh, oven here. We're going to split the babies with our friend for baking. Seeds and stuff like that, but I think this time around, I really want to take one of the suckling pigs and do a little pig roast. Yeah, because yeah, because you, it's a lot easier to cook that evenly. Like when they get really right, big, so it's a lot huge. Yeah, right. So, but and but a suckling pig, that'd be like you know, sorry really? to say this, it's be like the veal of cows, but it'd be ours. So mm-hmm. we know you know it's going to be all taken care of and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be good. And
2: so uh so we've got two new pigs here temporarily. and uh, we've decided to call them what Hamsel and Hamsel Griddle.
3: Hamsel and Griddle. Uh, <laughs> Griddle is a girl and Hamsel is the boy and he's an Asba Asba. Asba. mix. Anyway, he's got polka dots. Um and then that the girl is another as another alsobal but they're not related so as she gets older I think our friend is hoping that she'll end up getting bred too and we'll have a happy batch of pigs but okay uh, but that that same friend had a uh, a buck goat and well before we
2: move on from the pigs because okay. I've been away for a few days okay. here are the younger ones are they still as skittish as they were? Towards humans, because they're the, like, our pigs, they come over, they want to get scratched, they want to get loved on. I think these new arrivals, they run
3: away. Right, because they're still little, and because the big girls chase them away. So we probably should have to go in there as a team. Mm. Like, all of us go in with treats and stuff, so everybody gets a person- to interact with. Okay. Because when it's just you and I, then the big girls are like, you stay away from our people, you know, because right. they're really protective of us. They're like... Really giant dogs, and you can grunt, 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 grunt at them, and they talk to you back. It's hilarious, but, but, but they, not the little they ones. they taste
2: delicious. They still taste delicious.
3: And the Asabao-American guinea hog mix should be really tasty and delicious, because Asabaos actually are ready faster than an American guinea hog, and they're a little bit leaner, um, but they're not mm-hmm. like overly huge, so they're not uh, unmanageable. Uh, Miss E is eyeing
2: Booker, who appears to be. He, is he eating something that he shouldn't? Another something he shouldn't be?
3: Well, th- I keep the feed bags for the livestock back there, and he's been known to. Well, after you've taken him for walks, you see, oh, look, he's gotten into the corn or (laughs) he's gotten into the goat's food. Like, you're like, gosh, darn it, Booker. And he will. He's not fat at all. He's 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 like that lean hunting dog look. uh, mm -hmm, but, But he is enormous. But he was climbing onto the bags. And he has also been known to pull books off the shelves and eat them, too. He's pulled colored paper and art supplies off the shelf. He's he, I, I'm hoping that once he hits, he a year old, they're not teething. He's not going to be eating as much. Otherwise, I'm going to have to pull his teeth out of his head. (laughs) So
2: here's the first question of the week.
3: Um, I know I would.
2: Do you have any good tips on how to uh, keep puppies from chewing things? The Mm. uh, email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com because, yeah, we're kind of at a loss.
3: He ate his bed. Like, he actually ripped a hole in the bed for them, and you can't spray boundary on the dog's bed. Like, right. you're, that's the place that you want them to go to. And you can't to.
2: spray boundary on your clean clothes that are, no. you know, folded and just waiting to no. get to And get Or it away. my chemo cap. Right. Like, seriously,
3: it was just on the couch on top of a knitting bag. And he climbed up on the couch and pulled it out like that baby sweater. He pulled it out of my bag.
2: You're upset about Booker the way the left is upset about Donald Trump right now.
3: There's nothing I can do about it, and I should sit back and just see how it goes?
2: (laughs) I'd just start, you know, marching in front of his area, chanting, you know— No justice, no peace. No, I just have to
3: remember when he's out, I can't leave my knitting out anywhere. Actually,
2: right now we got to remember when he's out, he just can't be unsupervised. Yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) it too. Like,
3: (laughs) no people, he has to be around a people at all times. Exactly.
2: (laughs) So, so hogs. Uh, have we have two new hogs now and the other part of the uh the the farm date the inter-farmal <laughs> relations was uh our one of our goats are half Sanin, half Nigerian Nigerian mm-hmm. uh, not dwarf Nigerian just Nigerian No right. she's
3: she's half Nigerian dwarf that's Is she really? Yeah she's huge compared Seinans to the Sainens are Nigerian big. Dwarves. Okay. Huh she's uh, a little daddy apparently. and a big mama. <laughs> <laughs>
2: apparently so she went away for a few days she uh, she had a little uh, rendezvous she had, she had a date with a goat named reggie yes, right <laughs> with a goat named reggie a butt named reggie and she's back now yes so apparently she had a good time
3: well she she, she here she's the biggest goat and she's the herd queen so she's like you know hey i'm first she's, in kind this. Bossy, she's right? really bossy and um but where she went to hang out for about a week or so maybe it was like a week actually yeah about a week um she was not the biggest and her mom was one of the ones there but i don't know if they remembered one another but she tried to pull her same old bossy shit and she got <laughs> smacked down and then she was like okay i'm just going to hang out over here um and my friend said and while Most of the girls were running away from Reggie uh, our, our goat God. was, hey, how you doing? And <laughs> rubbing all in all on him. And I could tell she was rubbing all over him because she stunk to high heaven when I got her home.
2: Well, most of those goats who lived there were like, okay, dude, stop, man. Seriously, this is getting old. But for her, right? like she Something new. Exactly.
3: Like, hey, once a year. It's that time of year again. All right. well, let's- <laughs> And the last guy she had was uh, a little Nigerian. So she's like, hey, bring on a... <laughs> Bring on a, a new guy.
2: How uh, how our goat got her groove back? Had our goat
3: got her groove back? <laughs> yeah. So, but meanwhile, we need to find dates for our little girls because Reggie is kind of another. He's like another a bigger Sainted mix, and uh, he's entirely too large for our Nigerian dwarfs, who are like little bitty. I mean, like two of them are too little bitty. They are not going to get bred, but two others had been, and they are actually good on the milking stand. That's Fern and. Uh, Franny. Mhm. So we need to get them boyfriends. Right. Or a boyfriend. They know they can have the same one. <laughs>
2: we don't judge. We no. Not the goats.
3: Oh, but so, but that's normal. Like most places have their herd sire. They have their one dude <laughs> yes, who I does know. his job. You I, know. I do know that. It's, okay. Okay. 40
2: acres in a full thing. The full <laughs> thing is kind of, you know, self deprecating You really are married to an imbecile.
3: No, like no, that. I know. No. But how does it, how does it work? How do they make go babies? Tell me and what do we do when we get them we sell them as soon as possible yes. and we just milk the goats for their Pretty yummy much. yummy milk and we make it into cheese and yogurt and one of these days I'll figure out how to make an aged cheese without screwing it up um, I think I'm just impatient I don't I'm not going to follow the directions as, like, close as most other people do. And with cheese, that's yeah, kind of problematic. Be, you can't be impatient with cheese no. time. You
2: know, like that and, nine-month Gouda just got to be nine months.
3: And I've done the four-month um, Monterey Jack, and I cracked it open, and it tasted like crap.
1: It did, was. But like, did
3: you crack it open at four months, though? I did. And I vacuum-sealed it like somebody recommended, cause they, and I kept it in a low drawer in the refrigerator because I don't have a cheese cave.
2: Right. You think that's the? Uh,
3: huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I have to have. You're pretty good about making
2: s- stuff. That's the thing. Like, it's not like you to have.
3: No, the only, I have great success with like the fresh cheeses. I can make chevre and I can make a kick butt mozzarella and I can make fresh ricotta from the whey, but I have yet to I've made one successful aged cheese and it's called a ricotta salada and it's like exactly what it sounds like. It sounds like a, it's solid ricotta and it's like ricotta cheese that you have in a mold and then you let it dry for a little while and then you take it out of the mold and then you salt the outside. So the outside starts to dry out, but you can make it in... I just made it in our regular refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Um, and it so it's it's almost like ricotta with like this firm ricotta shell. So the inside is still kind of runny, and the outside is firm. And it's it's really, really yummy. Um, but I made that at a goat's milk. But that was the only aged cheese, and it wasn't very long age, like two weeks versus the Monterey Jack that was supposed to age for four months. And yes... I did it for 4 months. I cracked it open, I tasted it. Black. I resealed it. I put it back in the drawer. I waited a month, tasted it. Blacker. I then I chopped it up in pieces and I gave it to the pigs. So cuz
2: they're like Mikey, they'll eat anything.
3: Yes, and I will give them anything except for meat, p- other pork especially. Other pork, yeah. Like even when we have left we have leftover pizza from some place, I'll pull the pepperoni off. Because I'm not going to feed them back pork. It's just there's something wrong about that. I felt bad enough when I fed them leftover uh, chicken salad sandwiches from a party we had. But I felt – I was like, well, you know, they need a little fat protein boost to get them in the winter start, so – and I hated to get, have them go to waste. And so far, they haven't attacked any of the chickens. No, but chickens have been and the chickens have been in their pens, so, yeah. <laughs> and they haven't, mmm, I have the taste of I chicken. taste of chicken. <laughs> That's not going to happen.
2: All right, we're going to step away for a moment or two. I'm sure I have to put a kid to bed or walk a dog or something. But when we come back, uh, we have some of your emails to get to. The email address, as always, is 40 Acre Fool at gmail.com have a couple of other news stories to discuss as well so stick around we'll be right back with more right after this
0: 40 acres and a fool with cam edwards on the blaze radio network stupid internet stuff click here for free oh i got a virus Smart Internet stuff.
3: They might be deported either back to Japan or back to
1: Guam. Um, anybody see the failure of that clip? Anybody? Uh, you know? uh, Professor Thompson here, here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, based uh-huh. on my knowledge of geography, Right, right. Guam is uh-huh. part of the United States. Yes, American territory. That's right. Guamanians are Americans. Ta-da!
0: The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Forty Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So I thought I was
2: done talking about the election. (laughs) Yeah. But I want to come back to something. Okay. Um, Because one of the things that we've seen, you know, the media said is that it's again they just they've they've decided to hate uh, the rest of the country. Right. Like anybody who lives in a place like Farmville, Virginia, Uh, when they were here in the fall, for the vice presidential debate, it was oh, this is a quaint little college town. Oh, this is beautiful. This is so neat. And now it's yeah, this was rural America. That's part of the problem, right? Like nobody's nobody's going to come hang out, and uh, none of the none of the press who enjoyed such a lovely time in Farmville uh, is really going to look forward to heading back down into rural Virginia to go antiquing or something like that anytime soon. I don't think. I think a lot of them have uh, uh, decided to, uh, to to kiss off. Uh, the country and I, I saw a, uh, a post today on Twitter because I am back on Twitter at Cam Edwards. <sighs> I just couldn't resist, and uh, uh, I know and, I this, can't
3: tweet. I can't. Be no, a tweet. please
2: stay away. No. Stay away.
3: No, I'm not a twit. I'm not going to
2: tweet. But so you can you find we, Missy on Instagram at yes. Corny Goat Farm. Corny Goat Farm. Uh, anyway, this uh, a gentleman and I'm, I'm trying to see if I. Uh, Let me see if I can figure out where this guy was from. Ah, here we go. Uh, P.W. Thornton, who... uh, Patrick Thornton, Senior Director of User Experience and Strategy at CQ Roll Call, former head of product at Washingtonian uh, Coffee and Scotch Fan on uh, Twitter. And he had a a big rant uh, right after the election about uh, how he grew up in the uh, upper Midwest and the Midwest... Uh, You you know, like uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, Wisconsin-ish, right? Uh, And how the the people there—and he kind of just talked about, you know, just rural America generally being backwards and insular— uh, and he says, you know, I, I not lived in, necessarily
3: anymore. Well, we no, and he, that's
2: the the, that's the thing. I mean, and he, he's you know, he says now he's like I, I've learned from uh, I've lived in urban, suburban, and rural areas in five states, and I do have more understanding about things. Well, I've lived in urban areas, and I've lived in the suburban areas, and I've lived in rural areas, <laughs> and I haven't lived in urban areas like you've lived in urban areas. Thank no, 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 much. no. I'm but,
3: not say I'm not. I'm not even laughing at that. I'm just like, yeah, we're like we've lived in all kinds of seriously. We had we had like. At one point in our housing arrangements, we were renting a house, uh, and the house next door was empty, and the dude who owned it supposedly hired homeless people to renovate it. Right. And Uh the people across the way from us were like a crack house. So, uh, and,
2: and you know, and so the idea that uh, well it's all all white, he said he grew up in a place that was like 97% white. Well, we don't. Uh we're we're actually really diverse. I mean, this part of Virginia is I would say almost I haven't looked at the demographics here, but I would say it's uh almost 50-50 between uh, white Americans and Black Americans, and uh, uh, Missy is now going to of course, look that up. Um, but the idea again, they're just you know, all oh, they're rubes, and they need his his point was they need to understand us, the coastal elites. It's not up to the coastal elites to understand uh, the the uh, flyover country or the near frontier, middle America. Uh, the, the problem isn't with us. The problem is with them. And
3: wait, who's the them that the, the problem them is, is with? The
2: them is you. The problem is people who live in rural places, people who live in places like Farmville, they never – according to Patrick Thornton, they never leave. They never go anywhere on vacation. They're they're never exposed to cosmopolitan uh, or, uh, you know, educated people. Well, or, he doesn't know, know the people we leaves. know. Well, that's the thing. You know, and so I just – that's not the experience that I have had no. living in rural Virginia. Um, now, granted, it you know, Farmville is a college town. So I do know – uh, professors and retired professors who are part of the Friends of an Array, for example. Um, we know, uh, you know, we've got friends who work for the post office, but he's uh, he's written a novel, right? And yes. she is an avid reader, loves to read. Uh, they've got, I think they have as many kids as we do, right? They have five kids? Four? They have four. Uh, four kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> still. So, while they're all double, together, it seems like there's not that many more. You know, we know... I I mean, we know a a bunch of really, really interesting people. We live in a place that is so diverse that within, you know, 20 miles, you can find, and I'm not kidding you, you can find a yoga commune that's been around since the 1970s. You can find uh, Amish communities because uh, I've been now stuck behind a horse and buggy twice. And they have
3: the signs up. They have, the, like the, the signs have been the, up
2: for the, the past few months. But, but I,
3: I told you about it and you hadn't seen it. And then there's been more since then. But there's uh, like the warning sign signs, okay. like the little the horse and buggy warning signs. Like people in New Jersey know these. If you go out to like hunt out um, uh, 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 antiques mm-hmm. out in Redding, you're going to come across those. Although there's a place in. OK, you're distracting me from my point.
2: My area, this area that we live in, we've got the yoga commune, we've got Amish people, we have Baptists, we have Methodists, we have uh, AME churches, we have atheists, we have tattooed, pierced individuals, we have people who are, you know, total old school redneck. I mean, and everybody gets along. Yes, we do. Right? It's a community. And this is, I feel bad that Patrick Thornton didn't experience that where he grew up. Uh, But... Okay, so uh, county make up around 60% white, 35% black. Um, so not quite 50 50. No. Uh, but not 97% white either. No. And so it just, you know, it has really bothered me over the past couple of days to see that just, I, I think it's just cheap and easy excuse making. And it, it it's designed to make uh, the people who are really, really bothered and they, could not have imagined this election result on Tuesday. It's designed to to ease and soothe their conscience. The problem's not with you. The problem's not, you know, with with the uh, the, the talking heads, with the commentary, and it's not with the thought leaders. You all are fine. It's just those bleeping bumpkins out there, right? And I well, just I, I just don't I, see it.
3: I take offense. I think it's just that it overall it was. Working class America, sick and tired of working so hard to get their f- family taken care of, while they see people who don't do anything get taken care of by the government, and this is perpetuating the Democratic bandwagon, help mm-hmm. wagon. Like,
2: but, but I think part of it too is that. Uh, Robbie Suave at Reason has a really good piece. I'll, I'll send you the link so you can read it because I know you haven't had a chance to read it yet. But uh, he was talking about how he's been warning all of his friends on the left. You guys overreached and you overreached, you know, socially. You pushed in places where people didn't want to be pushed. And you know what? There are, his point was, I think the example that he used, he's like, look, he's like, I'm, under, I'm a libertarian under 30. I don't have a problem with gender neutral pronouns. But there are a lot of people in America who think there are two genders and you come in and you start telling people, you know what, <laughs> you're wrong and your life has to change and it doesn't matter what you think. And think about all of the areas where we have seen that. Yeah. You know, it's way you way are way. not allowed to live your life because you have people who don't live near you who don't want to live near you. They don't want to have anything to do with you other than to tell you. What you have to think and what you have to say and what you have to do, and you know what, that doesn't work. That doesn't work, and I, I, I think it was. I think we really saw a pushback on that idea. I think
3: we did too. That's the one takeaway I'm going to take from this. And I'm just like, I think at this point we all had to just hope that President Elect Trump is going to be a good president because. Not hoping he's going to be a good president Is like expecting that your pilot Is going to fail And you're all going to crash and die Like we all have to be on the same side now Mm
2: -hmm. This is what we have But we also I think have to be and this applies to no matter where you are on the political spectrum i think we have to be engaged but again you yeah. have to be engaged constructively being engaged doesn't mean i'm going to go yell at people on social media for yeah. a couple of hours
3: i'm going to go post passive aggressive memes right? on facebook i mean
2: like we have to be smart <laughs> we have to be engaged and we have to 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 be effective
3: yeah this is how we ended up with these two candidates to begin with that not enough people were engaged as to at every level Of what was going on And this is what we This is what we had These are our choices And so I, I, just, me, I don't it know It's the lesser of two evils well, that's To why be honest
2: I, But this is why I say that I, I, I fear that the the left is Learning all of the wrong lessons From this election Like I know what I think we need to do. And I know I, where I think, you know, it's not a matter of, of compromise, but it's a matter of trying to find common ground. It's a matter of trying to find, uh, just, you know, the, the humanity on the other side. I was interested as I was driving back home from DC this morning, I was listening to serious XM insight, uh, which is kind of, I don't know, but this, this, this show is called stand up with Pete Dominic, and, and pizza guy. He's a man of the left. Um, but, as he's talking, he said, like he was the first person i've I've heard say, You know what? I got it wrong, and I realized that I've been really smug and I've been really snarky, and, and when I hear people that I disagree with, I just I think that I know more than they do, and I think that I don't treat them with respect if they're you know calling into their conservatives and he said and i I needed do differently because I was wrong. I was really, really wrong. I didn't see this coming. I don't know as much as I thought I did. Mm. Um, And
3: this is is working class America pissed off. This is people who don't want the status quo and politicians anymore. This is people who recognize the crookedness of the other one.
2: So he decided to take phone calls from people who voted for Trump and he asked them, just random questions like you, Apple or Android, you know, who's your favorite sports team? Where'd you grow up? Uh, was the last time you cried? And then, you know, he'd also asked you know, why did you vote for Donald Trump? And he just listened. He didn't push back. He didn't argue. (laughs) The Hillary supporters started calling him and trashing him for doing this. And I was listening as he was talking to one guy and he's like, why are you, why are you bothered by this? Why are you mad about this? And the guy couldn't explain himself very well, but what it came down to was you're humanizing, humanizing these, these people. people.
3: How dare you humanize them? How dare you make them pe- regular people that we can like? Right? Yeah, it's that's total and We're not even, not even BS. like but just,
2: you know just acknowledge that they're actual people.
3: Ah, ah, ah. See, that's the thing that's so that's just made me so mad about this whole thing. It's, it's like I know people from high school, who, like they all want to assume that anybody who's going to be a supporter of Donald Trump is okay with, you know, racism and misogyny and whatever. I'm like, nobody accused him of being a racist until he started to run for president. Nobody decided to pull up a bunch of crap until he went against the powerhouse of the Clintons and the and 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 the standing presidency. I'm like, seriously, this is going against the status quo. This is not a normal person, but this is like Ross Perot trying to run back in the day. Everybody thought it was a big joke and he didn't win, but he was a businessman who thought, shit, I can do better than this. And that's how I think about Donald Trump. And I hope that he gets a good cabinet and everything comes out okay. And I have, you know, low expectations, but high hopes that he doesn't screw up too bad. But he's at least a businessman who had the chutzpah to get out there and just go ahead and get it done you know i'm like sorry he did it he got it done to the surprise of a lot of people including me i never voted for him in the primaries like i'm like anybody else but this guy and i was flabbergasted i'm still flabbergasted I'm avoiding social media because I'm thinking it's a bit of kind of weird You didn't
2: even want to hear what was going on on election night. When I talked to you the morning after, you're like, he won. I can't believe he won.
3: <laughs> and I found out through my, son, my friend's 11-year-old son's Instagram account. <laughs> like, he posted a picture and there was a graph and Trump won electoral votes. And I was like, well, I'll be darned. So I uh, I don't know I just I, this is where uh,
2: two wrongs just don't make a right for me I, I I refuse to dehumanize people that I disagree with politically Oh yeah uh, I no. just I'm not going to do that no. I you know I, I I there are some other issues where it's like you know listen you're going to have to deal with the fact that you lost an election there are consequences Conservatives and Republicans certainly felt that way from 2008 to 2000 16. Yes. Uh, and we were told by the president at the time that you lost, get over it. Right. <laughs> I won. And, and,
3: and that's kind of how we feel now. You right. You lost, but, get over it. You're right. But ran at work. the same time,
2: I can remember what it felt like to be there on election night and to know that, you know, Barack Obama had gotten elected president and, oh crap, there's a guy who wanted to ban. Handguns, uh, and you know, was a really, really strong uh, gun control supporter. And what did that mean for my Second Amendment rights? And I remember the concern, and I remember the, the sort of shock that this had actually it wasn't a shock because I the, the polls all kind of indicated that Obama was going to win, but it was there was I remember feeling uh oh, and, and 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 so I have some empathy for the uh, folks who weren't prepared by the media. Uh, to, to, to ponder the possibility That Donald Trump was going to win Republicans were going to take the Senate They were going to keep the House <laughs> That
3: doesn't mean we're all going to strap on our guns And start shooting up the place, by the way No, it doesn't <laughs> um, I, Well, and again, you didn't <laughs> So I have empathy
2: But at the same time you got to take a deep breath you got to move on you, I You, know. you can't set stuff on fire you know like and i didn't do any of that in 2008 and i didn't do any of that in 2012 and they're
3: protesting in the neighborhoods in which everyone around them pretty much voted the same way yes. so i'm not too sure to whom they're actually
2: complaining don't let th- don't 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 actually remind them of that <laughs> Let them go ahead and protest in Austin and in Portland yeah. and in San Francisco. Let them burn their own neighborhoods don't, down. Don't don't, uh, don't 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 give them any ideas. All right, we're gonna step away for a moment or two. When we come back, we have some emails to get to. Fortyacrefool at gmail.com. That is the email account. Stick around, we'll be back
0: with more Forty Acre and a Fool right after this. You're listening to Forty Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stew. The people who are fans who like the show of it all, to me, he just tries to take songs and make them into little mini horror movies. Like his version of Sweet Dreams, now that I think about it, he that keeps going, Sweet Dreams, Oh Man! Oh man. It's like, alright, just calm down. <laughs> you know, get a of guitar or something, get out there and just play it. Pat and Stew, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: So since it's been a couple of weeks here, we, uh, we have a Halloween-related email to get to. Oh,
3: okay. From,
2: uh, from Trent.
3: Oh, Trent. Uh, yes, Trent. Hello, Trent.
2: Hello, Trent. Uh, Trent says, for the record, the first 2017 seed catalog showed up yesterday. I don't think I've gotten any 2017 seed catalogs yet.
3: I... No. We've gotten a lot of Christmas... We're starting to get Christmas catalogs, but not any seed catalogs I want some yet. seed
2: catalogs. I want to see what the uh, funky new oh, tomatoes are for next year.
3: We'll get them. We bought a lot last year. We'll get places... We'll get them from Totally Tomatoes and... Uh, Johnny's And,
2: and, and Southern, Southern Seed Exchange. Southern, yeah,
3: yeah. So Trent says, uh, he
2: says, All right, a lot of people may blow it off, but I am 100% convinced that the house where I spent most of my adolescence was haunted. Our entire family says is convinced of this fact. The house itself was built in the 1880s. It was a traditional eight room square farmhouse, about as old as you can get in Northeast Indiana. When my parents purchased it, it was in complete disrepair. We gutted it all the way down to the studs, rewired, replumbed, the whole nine. During this phase of the construction, stuff would be moved. Nobody thought much of it until years later because when you have a project of that magnitude and friends and family do whatever they can, stuff gets moved. But it was a little too often and odd in hindsight. Once we had rehabilitated the house, we moved in, Trent writes, the most consistent thing was footsteps. We left the original hardwood floors, so they creaked in spots. But anyone that has lived in a house can tell the difference between things settling and a footstep. Settling sounds don't move down the hallway. (laughs) No, they don't. No. Yeah, Trent says, There were two things that happened often in my room that were more than a little odd. I had blinds on my windows. The Venetian blinds that you always have adjusted so the slats face down or up. I always had mine up. Always. But many days, I would come home from school and they'd be turned down. This was when I was a latchkey kid, says Trent. I got on the bus after my parents had left for the day and I beat them home. Horrific enough a thought, he says, in 2016, right? So there was literally... Nobody in the house all day But my blinds would be moved That's kind of creepy He says also under my bed I had an old RCA stereo He says I'm sure you know the model I'm talking about It had a turntable on top Huge analog tuning knob and screen on the right Three quarter of the face As well as a massive power button It wasn't digital It was a contact switch with a spring in it When it was on it was pushed in When it was off the spring pushed it out You couldn't bump it and move it It had resistance Trent says sometimes it would turn on by itself Sometimes while I slept. Never loud, but it would turn on. The backlight in the analog screen would spill a dull orange's yellow shadow onto my bedroom floor. We started calling the playful specter Bob,
1: <laughs> says Trent.
2: <laughs> well, what else do you call him? Right? Doors would open, footsteps in the blinds in the stereo in my room. He says it was enough to convince me. The most direct occurrence happened while my parents had friends over one night. While they were talking in the living room, us kids were watching something on TV. My parents were talking about some of the stuff that happened in the house, and their friends shared some similar instances at a local bar where he played in a band. As they exchanged stories, the TV shut off. Us kids thought they wanted us to leave, but as we turned around, their faces were blank, expressionless. What'd you do that for? I remember asking. My mom got up, walked across the room to the coffee table, picked up the remote, and said, We didn't. The VCR didn't turn off. It wasn't a power spike. Nobody sat on the remote. It was like Bob heard them talking about him and said, Footsteps. Well I can do more than the footsteps. <laughs> oh, that's scary. Trent says when I was in early high school, my parents had divorced and my mom had gotten remarried. We were in the process of selling that house to move in with my stepdad. At this point I was fifteen or sixteen, so there were a lot of nights that I would ride the bus home and stay there while mom stayed with my stepdad because we were moving out of the school district. Like any bum of a teenager, I watched ESPN until far too late, often sleeping on the couch. The couch was at the bottom of the stairs so that if you were laying on the couch on your back, you looked up the stairs. There was a landing and a few more steps up to the back second-floor hallway. With much of the house empty from us moving that day, I laid on the couch one night at the edge of sleep when footsteps jarred me awake. Historically, these steps were between the upstairs rooms, only upstairs. I lay on the couch and I listened. Miss Bob. Nothing new. Until the steps descended the stairs. Trent writes, Cam, I kid you not, I remember it as clearly as if it happened yesterday. You know what old wooden stairs sound like. Hmm. You know when someone is using them. Bob came down the stairs to the landing. This was new. I had never heard the steps on the stairs. I laid on the couch, staring up at the landing, moonlight filtering through the circle, uh, through the uh, circle window in the landing wall. Trent says, I just knew that someone was looking at me. Bob was standing on the landing. He was looking down at me, laying on the couch. Good night, Bob. I managed to say Mm. After a few steps After a few seconds Rather the footsteps Ascended the stairs And faded into the night This happened two more times Before we moved out Trent writes Each time I bid Bob a good night The last night I stayed in the house I told him that we were moving Trent says I cannot begin to explain why But I'm 100% confident That something from the past Took up residence in that house Not malicious or bothersome But certainly present Just bobbersome Bobbersome. There you go. Entry That's to.
3: crazy. Oh, yeah. scary. We had the ghost in our house in Massachusetts when I was a kid, but he only showed up apparently a couple of nights in a row. That was it? Well, it wasn't really it. Like oh. he showed up at like my mom's door and my bedroom door and some place in the hallway. And like mm. he, it, so we had a medium come to the house, and it looked it was like he came to warn the family. He was apparently knew the family that was lived there before us, uh-huh. and he wanted to warn them about the the daughter who was in the bedroom that I had, and she got hit by a truck. Oh dear! Right. So wow. that's the story that I heard. Well, Trent says, uh, Missy,
2: keep kicking ass. You're awesome.
3: Yeah. Be well. You do well cancer. too, Trent. Thank and you, uh,
2: Trent. by the way, I have not liked this because I missed it on Instagram. But uh, congratulations. Just don't uh, name him Bob. Uh, on Instagram, Trent, you might have taken solace in that no matter what else happened in 2016, at least Trent Marsh wasn't raising children. Well, says Trent Congratulations Isn't that a cute announcement, though? That's great Passport uh, application And uh, the two passports That's awesome Congratulations, Trent I'm really excited for you You gotta let us know The baby color's right
3: Oh, yeah Cause you gotta get a blanket Out of this one
2: Exactly uh, And Jeff writing in as well Hello from a shaved head Says Jeff <laughs> Miss, uh, he said, Jeff says First off, I'm glad to hear Missy's doing well Since I shaved my head Last month Fall here in central New York Turned Ooh. to a fast taste of winter, 20s to 30s in the morning.
3: Oh, dude, your head must be cold because my neck is freezing.
2: Yeah, it is... uh Yeah, it gets gets cold there in the winter. I'm sorry, baby. But you got some options here for your headwear.
3: Well, yeah, I've got hats and wigs, and uh, I just feel like I'm empathetic now towards your coldness for your skull because (laughs) it got really cold while you were away this week, and I had to go outside to take the dogs out, and I put my hat on, and I'm like, ooh, my neck is really cold because I was used to my hair keeping my neck warm. No more will you give me grief for having my hat on. No, and I think I'm going to make myself more scarves to go with the hat. That's what I'm bidding. Uh, Jeff says, uh, second where did the podcast, go. I uh, went to the usual Blaze.com
2: radio. No 40 acres in a fool there. We're, we're still there. We didn't have a podcast last week. You're lazy and Jeff, busy. But, uh, yeah, more busy than lazy.
3: Yeah. One of these
2: days I'll get to be lazy. Like, maybe around Christmas we'll be lazy and we'll take a week or two off. And but, you've
3: been uh, busy and I've been, bleh, So, yeah. yeah. And the next week is uh, three days. It's the next round of chemo. It's second round out of four and it's three days out of 12 so i'm gonna be halfway finished um but i'm gonna probably feel kind of craptastic so yeah so
2: well, i will pick up the slack when missy is not uh, feeling up to it but uh, i appreciate all the prayers jeff and keep your head warm keep your head covered
3: oh yeah always
2: even when your dog eats your hat even when you, that's that's like a country song, keep your head covered even when, when your dog, dog eats your, eats your hat. All right. Well, I'll I suppose play that song
3: backwards. Maybe I'll get my hat back.
2: It's good advice. Like, uh, like, like, live a little, learn a lot, be safe, have fun. Right. Well,
3: I always grew up with the. I, I was a kid. Yeah, I, I grew was up,
2: trying to segue to a good night. Oh, I like, was going to do question,
3: a no, no, no. I was going to do a good night too. But <laughs> I was just going to say like, when I was a kid growing up, like I always had ear infections, so I was always made to wear a hat anyway to keep my head warm and keep my ears covered. Now I really appreciate a hat to keep my bald head warm because my hair kept my head warm a lot more than I thought it did. That's all I was going with. Okay. Was that a segue to goodnight? Yeah, it was a wrap-up. That's Gracie saying, goodnight, Gracie. All
2: right, well, goodnight, Gracie. (laughs) Thank you again for uh, joining us here on another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. We will see you soon. Have a fantastic week and uh, look forward
0: to doing this again with you before long. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.